Hey guys, welcome back to the Off The Script podcast. Um, we are back after a hiatus and we're back on with Lewis. How's it going, bud? What's going on? I'm back. We're back. That's it, yeah. A lot has changed. We were just talking about this off air. A lot has changed since last time you come on. Um, do you want to give us like a general rundown of uh, what's been going on in your world? When did I last speak to I think I was off season, mm-hmm. getting ready for the season just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously since then, we've had the whole COVID. We've had the whole um, sort of prep. We've competed. Mm-hmm. I've had a switch in coaches, um, switching jobs. And yeah, a lot, a lot has kind of changed. Yeah, it's, I, I, I tell you what, like, one thing this sort of period of time over the past year has taught me is to be adaptable. And that's, yeah, that's a, a lot of people are doing that. And I think from what I've seen of what you've been doing, that's very clearly been the case. You've been adapting a lot. So in terms of your actual, like your job and stuff like that, how, how have you changed in terms of? Your- um, so I think COVID just was what I needed to, to up the game in terms of prioritizing what I wanted to, to do. Um, like everyone, everyone, a lot of people who do online coaching on the side, I think a lot of their goal is to, to become an online coach, to, to build enough of a base to, to be able to have that as your job. Yeah. And especially when that sort of is alongside bodybuilding and, and your aspirations in competing, mm. it, is, it is a great job to have. Yeah. Um, so COVID kind of, I mean, when we went into lockdown, um, I think I had like 15 online clients, okay. 15. Um, I worked like 20 odd hours um, gym supervising on gym floor which is basically just a glorified cleaner, cleaning the equipment and cleaning the toilet. Um, and I personal trained as well um, for the other 20 hours and then just did my check-ins on weekends and whatnot. Um, uh, since then, now, it kind of made me up my game. I think we just, we've just hit just under 110 clients. I had a couple of drop-offs, so we're just under 110. Um, and it's now my full-time job. So I, I haven't gone back to work since COVID. I, I quit my job halfway through COVID. Um, Wow, and things are things are looking good. You know um, I didn't realize it was that many. Congratulations! That's huge. <laughs> that huge. No, I don't think people do. Um, yeah. yeah, it's good. We've got quite a lot of competitors. We're on with me next year, which would be good. Um, and just it's just kind of grown and grown and grown, and we've all got a big group chat with all of us in it. And it's a it's a very good little community that I've built. And it's nice. you know it's it's such a good job. I, I I'm really really enjoying it. Yeah, I think this is listening to you is going to be. It was last time, but this time it's going to be relevant again for me because obviously, I started. I've now started my own online coaching business in yeah. the middle of our current situation in the world. So I started uh, in August, and that's when I sort yeah. of made the launch. And tell you what, over that period of time, because of the inconsistencies in terms of like you know what's going to happen in like the next few months um are people going to be financially viable in in, in like a week's time if we go back into lockdown like how have you actually coped with that and and Um, worked with that do you know what i did i just had more time to give to all of my clients Mm -hmm. and because it is something that i really enjoyed and that was probably out of obviously all the jobs that I worked, that's one thing that I actually thoroughly enjoyed and didn't mind just spending my extra weekends and time doing. So it gave me more time to give to all my clients. Um, and just through simply enjoyment of the process, I was able to give my clients more of a service. Um, 
then they off the back end of that got more, better results. I was able to share them yeah. results and it just kind of got the ball rolling and it's almost like a snowball effect. Um, you know, in terms of like, if you look at the amount it's grown over each month, it's just been like massive jumps and it's almost been like crazy for me to look back and think, but I, I literally just focused on on giving my clients the best that I possibly could and uh, doing it in a way that I like to do it as well. And I kind of just disregarded any any ways that any other coaches used or any any other methods. That they, just did it the way I've learned and the way I like um, and just focused on me and my clients. And it's, it's just seemed kind of picked up, even though we're going through, we went through the pandemic and a lot of them were worried. I just found that if I give them enough time, and enough attention, you know, they, they can get through it and I can help them through it. And because I was there to help them, I think yeah. it just, this is, this is something I was talking about with a few people the other day because we're I'm in a group chat with a few other people who are in my position who are young coaches yeah, yeah. like yourself. Um, and yeah. we were saying like one of the biggest things that seems to come around to clients is like how invested are you in them? If 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 you like seem invested, like you, you're sending voice notes and you're, you're saying certain things and like you're you're genuinely coming across with a level of pride about yeah. what you're doing and with the people you're working with, like that can completely transform a business on its own. Just that loving. Without a doubt, mate. I think like, obviously you look at a hundred odd clients and a lot of people think, you know, you're not going to have time for these people, but mm. I can honestly tell you that I, I spread out my workload so well that I have enough time for all of them. And mm. I think every single one of them will tell you that like, I'm there to give them quality feedback and be there to, to coach them as and when they need it. Yeah. And, um, I think you're right. Yeah, definitely. You, you need to be, be there to provide, obviously, your clientele with, yeah. with enough of your time. You can give them all the knowledge in the world, but one of the massive, massive things that separates coaches is support and mm-hmm. being there for them and, and obviously just yeah. being someone for them to, to talk to whenever. So Yeah, absolutely. That's like being proactive is huge because yeah, what I found, like I had a client who missed the check-in the other week and – it, it, I know, I know, it, I know some people who would just leave it and they won't follow up on it. If, like, a, let's say a, someone misses a check-in, like, and they haven't spoken to you in the past day or whatever, yeah. Like, if you like that, you have a certain level of, um, I guess you could say, like, I don't know what the right, right word would be. I think it's kind of a responsibility as yeah. a coach as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, is. you're, you're with. For all intents and purposes, their health is almost in your hands. Yeah, I know. I think a lot of people would, a lot of coaches would say, no, it's the client's responsibility. Yes, clients do have Mm. a responsibility, but you also have a responsibility, I think, as a coach from taking them on to provide them with the best of your service. At the end of the day, does it really take that much for you as a coach to message someone and say, are you okay? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's that, that could be a game changer for a lot of people like and, yeah, and 100%. I, I one thing I was speaking to some other people about the other day was the use of like actual audible sort of messages so like Mate, uh, I, I literally don't type at all yeah. <laughs> I'm a nightmare because a lot of the time you are an online coach you're on the road you're you're, mm-hmm. you're not you're in a position where you you are on the move and you're busy you know like I'm cooking a meal it is one more effective for me time-wise, and two, I can I can get a point across way better. Yeah, messages can be misinterpreted. I think. I agree. And, and you often, if you if you read a message from a coach, you may think it's blunt, or you may think it's not. You may not interpret or understand it as it's intended. And I think a voice note, just from the way that you sound or the way that you 
pronounce things or, or speak to somebody can change how they interpret it and take it in. Like it, like a good example would be, I think last year at some point, I remember it kind of vividly because I was obviously, you know, where sometimes you're in prep and let's say you've got a coach and they say something kind of sticks with you sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. one thing I remember last year was AJ, who was coaching me for, for that prep. He said, yeah. you just sent me like a little message or something in text, something like, and at this point, I was about six weeks out. So I was like fairly lean. Starting to flag, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he sent me a message, something like, um, oh, yeah, your midsection's looking a bit soft here. And <laughs> in my, and like on paper, you're like, fuck, he, he's saying. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, at, but in actual, like, um, like in, in an actual voice note, he was like, no, it's literally just because, you know, your water distribution and obviously your, uh, your, you're on like your rags end here in terms of your carbohydrate intake. So you're yeah. going to look like that. You're going to flatten out and look a bit more watery. Exactly. Um, but it's just the context of it. You know, if you don't yeah. explain it and you don't actually say it, like, yeah, like you say, it can be massively misinterpreted. Massively interpreted wrong. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, um, we went on like a little tangent there, but like in terms of competition as well, you yeah. sort of upped your game, I think as well so do you want to give us a rundown in terms of you competing and your coach and everything else yeah so um the last show that i did obviously when we last spoke the last show that i'd done i just won a pca show in classic um and i, and I kind of felt like you know i could do a pca show again but this is i don't want to sound in a in a, in a big headed way when i say this but i think i would probably place um don't know if I'd win because the standard is great and, and there is some fantastic athletes. I, know, I, I, do, I get I understand where you're coming from. Um, but I think I would do well. Um, mm. And I don't want to go into a show thinking that I would just do well for the sake of doing well. And it also would not take me to the levels that I want to eventually be at. Mm. So I had to to dive into something I thought, you know what, this is this is a real, real challenge. I, I want to feel like every day when when I go when I wake up and I've got to do my cardio and I've got to eat these meals that I have to do this to be at this standard. Do you know, like it's another reason to, to put your put your best in. So we entered the two bros British finals, which was ended up being an open show because yeah. of COVID, um, which ended up being an absolutely stacked, ridiculous show because <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. it was the first show that was on. So everybody came and did it. So there was like, like Ryan Cartwright was there. Um, Bob Waterhouse, obviously he won it. He oh, was yeah. there. Um, there was loads of other people, like big names, and I was there thinking, like, oh, here we go, this, this I'm going to get fucking nailed here. Um, <laughs> but it was okay. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't do as well as what I'd hoped, which I think mm. is benefiting me now. Yeah. Um, so I placed fourth in in that, mm. um, and then obviously Bob Waterhouse, um, Took which that, is natty. So, so he did <laughs> one for the natties, and he, sh- he he deserved to win that. To be fair. Yeah, I was I was wondering that because like obviously when you stand backstage, you look at all the physiques around you and you No, I would say, right, and I'll be honest in what I say because if he listens to this, I think that he could maybe people might agree. Yeah. So obviously we're all stood backstage and you've got people like Ryan Cartwright, who's big for he's short, but he's big, his, his arms are huge. You've got like I think Jace was there, the online coach yeah. with like Team Rigo. Um Pav was there, who's under um Barnsley Pitbull. Yeah. So there's all these big, big guys. And I'm thinking, he's big. He's way bigger than me. He's big. He's way... I looked at Bob Waterhouse and thought, he's smaller than me. 
That's fine. <laughs> right. And then he pumped up and then he posed. Mm. And I thought, where the hell has he come from? Yeah. Like it was phenomenal. Like the way he, when he pumped up and actually got some blood in there and then he showed himself in such a good light, the poses that he held and the way he flowed into poses, he deserved to win. Mm. So although he didn't look when you just stood, stood just there. without a pump backstage and you're waiting to get your tan or your glaze or whatever, yeah. he just looked very normal. Mm. Because obviously the enhanced guys in comparison to the natty guys, when you're all stood, the yeah, enhanced guys like, were on the big, they're dry, they're hard, yeah, you know, they've got a big picture look. of um, him stood next to, I think it was Jimmy Tonk, wasn't it? Yeah, Jimmy was there, yeah. And you, st you stand like, obviously, you can imagine Jimmy, who's like well over six foot, stood yeah. next to him. It's just like you go, ah, we know who's winning here. But like, like yeah. you say, yeah, you just the when he when he pumped up and he held certain poses, it's just his proportions and the way he actually it was judged for classic, which was nice because yeah. he was very classic and he should have won on that criteria. Yeah, that was that was exactly the words he sort of put it down to when people asked him sort of what what his thoughts were on the judging and like his placing. It was like at the end of the day, classic to him and the way he sees it is it's a criteria category you really have to fit the criteria and if you don't yeah. then it, you don't guarantee a placing by being big so yeah. so like with with that show i mean there's there's things where we went where we went wrong um getting me ready for it which i think probably could have i could have come in looking a little bit better mm. um because it was the first time that we had to like adhere to a, a weight limit okay um and we found out i went to her to boots like I think it was like a couple of weeks before the show because I'm thinking I'm six foot so I can be 100 kilo on stage and I'm what not I was like 98 and we're thinking yeah. we're fine like we ain't taking it all off yet I've got two kilo yeah right well we found out that I am literally this much under six foot Shit. which then takes me down to 96.3 so I then message Kuba and I'm like Kuba we've got a problem mate <laughs> Shit. because literally an hour before he just messaged me back from my check-in saying I don't want you any less than 98 you look perfect then I messaged him an hour later saying we need to drop another two and a half kilo off what I'm already off now I was ready weeks ago yeah. I'm thinking how the hell am I going to take two and a half kilo off this physique mm. um, so we, we we had to batter me like and even before the show mate on the day of the weigh-in obviously I couldn't eat or drink and um they do their registration at 8 p.m. at night, which is fantastic when I'm trying to make weight. For some reason, I think it was stress or something. Um, on the way down, we, I was stopping at every service station every hour and weighing myself and, and tending it to Cuba, and yeah. the scale weight was going up. So I woke up in the morning, 95.6. I thought, yes, I'm 0.4 under. Every time I stopped at the services, I was like 0.4 up. By the time we got to the hotel... I was 97 and a half, so one and a half kilo over stage weight. I've not eaten or drank. Shit. So I'm thinking, I'm panicking, thinking this is not good. So I had to sit in a, and I mean hot, it was red hot bath and sweat for an, about an hour. And because I've not eaten or drank anything, I came out of this bath, mate, and I thought I was going to die. It was horrible. Like I was super flat, I had nothing in me. Um, and I had to go and stand in the bloody line to. When you say, when you say hot bath, did you have like Epsom salts or anything? Yeah, like so he just said, go get some Epsom salts, get in this bath. He said, make it bloody really hot so you're sweating and sit in there for as long as you can bear it. So I just 
sat in there and I was like ringing everyone through my phone book to try and pass the time, talk to somebody. Yeah. And anyway, I came in, I came in at 94 kilo. So we dropped three and a half kilo oh, in like two hours. <laughs> but then we needed to fill me back out because I was yeah. so flat. Yeah. Well, the problem we had then is that he gave me like, I think it was like 800 gram of carbs in the space for about four hours. Mm. And I was so tired. I had to go to bed. I was like, I can't stay up to eat any more food, mate. I woke up the next morning and I was 93 point something. So I dropped loads of weight again. Um, and then throughout the whole day, he was feeding me carbs and I just kept dropping weight. And my body just, I, we just could not because we'd had to push myself to so such extremes. Dig yourself into that. It was, hole. I, it's something I've never experienced. I mean, I don't really understand it to the, to the full. I'm, I'm sure Cuba will, but it, we just could not get me to hold on to anything. And I was just yeah. get, like, I was just getting flatter and we would give me yeah. more carbs. I'll get flatter. And it was like, we're just going to have to see what we can do on stage now. Um, so that kind of went against me, uh, but it's not an excuse because obviously if I was more prepared, it's my fault. I, I could have come in better. Mm. Um, so next year, we're going to just try and stretch me by this much because Jimmy had the same problem and he did that and was able to go in the next one up. So, Gotcha, gotcha. I could be 100 kilo and if I managed to make a 94 kilo mark, I've got five or so kilo. To, Again, to yeah, this is, the, this is the sort of thing with Classic is that obviously they put in weight restrictions, but... When it comes down to fitting criteria, criteria doesn't go necessarily down to weight restriction if you're going by a look. So no. it does it does make me wonder whether the weight categories should be not taken out, but different in terms of... I think that the weight category should be what the pros get. I agree, yeah. Um, because you get five or 10 pounds yeah. uh, when you become a pro. But then if you become a pro and you want to then go and compete, you can't because you're 10 pounds lighter than all the guys that are in your division. Yeah, so you need to have so that long period. Of you'd be more realistic in looking like a pro when you become a pro if you mm -hmm. have that same weight cap, I think. Um, okay. And I know a lot of the other classic guys think the same. Um, yeah. Because, like, I, I, I don't have that much muscle for someone that's pushing the weight cap, but I am just a heavy guy. Like, I don't know why I always have been. Just a heavy it step. Be, it could be bone density. It could be many things. It's not, you know, if you stand me next to someone with with 100 kilo of muscle and I'm 100 kilo, they probably look at the same height, a lot heavily more muscle than me. It's just the it, way Which that is I interesting because of just how, like, structurally, the way when you look at you on your own, stood on your own, structurally, how you're built, yeah. you look at your physique, and I, I go myself, I go, that is classic. You've got that, you have got a classic. This is the thing, and this is what a lot of people have said, but it's not for me to say. So, obviously, mm. I was in a different height class to, to Bob, so he, yeah. he wouldn't have been on stage with me. So, Bob got awarded for being classic, right? Regardless of size. Yeah. My feedback from the judges was you fit classic criteria perfectly. However, you don't have enough size. That was my exact message yeah. from the head judge. And I've still got it yeah. after the show, which confused me a little bit, but yeah. it doesn't matter so much because if I do eventually make it as a pro, I will need more size anyway. So yeah. regardless, I need more size. You just, it is one of those ones, I guess, where you have to really sort of push the envelope. Like you, you see a lot of 212 guys, don't you, who end up yeah. really just stripping themselves to make weight. So and I yeah. think if I can, if I can make the six foot height class, which yeah. I, I'll try to do, 
I'll stretch, I'll get on an inversion table, whatever. Yeah. And I think that I can, I'll, I think I can do that. Um, mm. I'm that close. So I'll be able to be a hundred kilo on stage, which I wouldn't have to really try that hard to make that. Yeah. Which would, would, would hopefully enable me to still bring my classic look in terms of proportions, but mm -hmm. just have a little bit more muscle on my frame and not yeah. have to push myself to nearly die to get there. Mm, yeah. I think it is sort of, because when I think of like myself, obviously for me, when I approach uh, off season or the way I think of an off season is for myself, put on some fluff, but I have, yeah. like you said, I've never had to deal with a weight category because I'm still a junior. So um, I imagine when it comes to me potentially doing a weight category, the approach will be entirely different. Entirely. Yeah, I think especially if you're at the top end of that as well, like I definitely it just doesn't be. seem to make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it just you just think, yeah, I could put, you know, I can put what a lot of guys do on in off seasons, the bodybuilders, and what 50, 40, 50, 60 pounds, whatever you they put on over the over the course, but. I'm still going to have to take so much off to make the weight class anyway. So, mm. you know, although I'm, I'm not going to stay shredded and super lean, I am pretty lean at the moment. Um, I'm looking good and I, and I feel good for it, mm. to be honest. Um, it's probably the, the longest that I've stayed the leanest. Um, and I do feel like everybody kind of does have almost a sweet spot in terms of, effective off seasons and how effective they can grow. Yeah. And I think we're a, it's, a lot it's of the sort time, of a almost like a level that your body sort of reaches at some point in the off season. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time what happens is people get so carried away in this off season mentality that I'm not, and I'm not saying you should stay super lean, but mm -hmm. I'm saying that a lot of people just push the boundaries of this because <laughs> they believe they should, because it's yeah. off season. When in reality, a lot of people may grow more effectively at a tighter, yeah. better conditioned look. Yeah. And I know people like AJ and Kuba, for example, they've all said, I probably would have grown a little bit better last off season if I'd have stayed a little bit tighter because this was when I felt my best and I performed my best mm -hmm. and, and food digested the better and whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I know when I pushed the boundaries of, of weight and I, I mean, last year I, I got to just over 110 kilo. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was strong when I lifted weights, but... I could barely put my shoes on. The thought of any food made me feel sick and bloated me and made me feel like shit. Like mm. it became counterproductive. So I'd like to stay a little bit tighter and just yeah. control things a little bit better, which is seems to be what Kuba wants me okay. to do anyway. So do you end up getting to in this is again going a bit off topic, but in previous yeah. off seasons, did you end up reaching a certain weight which you would always like consistently in the off season that would be your peak weight? Um not really, because Okay. Um, my first, I've only really done, I mean, this is my third proper off season, really. I yep. mean, I've tried it in the past, but never gone at it. So I can say I've only really done them with 100% effort now three times. So okay. obviously the, the first two I did with Matt, and, and Matt did make me progress a hell of a lot. So like the first off season we did, I then led on to leading, winning my first show. And then I did my last off season with him and I got to the heaviest I'd ever been. And in comparison to how I looked at the heaviest was similar to how I looked before, way lighter. So they have kind of, I've never kind of stalled. Interesting. Yeah. I was, it, reason being is that I, I tend to find um, 
obviously the 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 composition of me is completely different every off season as it is with everyone in terms of what you look like at a set weight. But I always find myself reaching 105 kilos. And that's, and that's on my body's equilibrium point where it's like, okay, we have to stay at this weight. It, like my composition might improve at that over the course of the off season, which it will undoubtedly. However, my body will always get to that weight and they'll go, okay, we're going to sit here for as long as possible. <laughs> I think obviously as well, it's a different game when you're, when you're in the, the natural versus mm. enhanced, you've got more tools in the bag. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, what what sort of changes were made in the approach in terms of anabolics this time around, if you don't mind me asking? Um, what was, I mean, was not the approach much, to be honest. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I've used in this prep in comparison to last prep, it was pretty much the same. same. Um, nothing really changed. Mm. In fact, I think I used a little bit less of, of stuff in the end because I had a longer prep. Mm. Um which allowed me not to have to use as much. Yeah. But obviously then on the flip side, I was probably on for longer. So gotcha. the only differences probably would be the time in which I was on. Okay, gotcha. And coming around to and the million-dollar question, which some people yeah. will want to know, um, what made oh. you switch? <laughs> um, I mean, I think everyone wants like a crazy like um, – People love like people uh, love the drama, in, in, yeah. drama in bodybuilding. But to be honest, there isn't any. Um, anybody knows that like I've only got good things to say about Matt's coaching. Um, I, otherwise, I wouldn't have been with him for years. Yeah. But with that, like obviously, people know me and Matt were obviously good friends, and mm. I'd been with Matt for for years. And the, the actual methods in which Matt's taught me and the amount I've learned from him, a lot of it I use even now with my clients and. He's taught me a lot. I just wanted to to basically learn new stuff. And I know that Kuba has a different way or a different approach, of, a way of doing things to Matt. So, you know, for example, like when I was with Matt, we were doing single body parts and um, Matt would have me having like multiple high days in off season and lower days and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and pushing the boundaries and, and I gained a lot of muscle and it worked great. Cooper's got me on um, a completely different split, more rest days, more recovery, um, different food. You know, it's completely different. And I think that for me, in terms of personal development for a coach, it can definitely benefit me to, to learn different avenues. Yeah. And then to, to decide which bits of which that I like, like so yeah. that when I'm sort of complete and I finish with coaching, mm. I don't just have a one track mind. I've been through different experiences yeah, and I can decide which parts in my life. So I think you end up seeing that with a lot of a lot of competitors, and then they switch coaches mm. that have different methods because they want to learn and, and things like that. Um, so I'd like to give it a real good run with Cooper because we have got a really good relationship, um, mm. and he kind of understands, you know, and doesn't he? He kind of pushes me to to achieve the goals that I want to achieve without me feeling like I'm stupid for going for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which I think is important. Like, obviously, that's the other thing is that Cooper obviously became pro at a young age, mm. um, and that's inspiring for me wanting to eventually become a pro. And Matt's quite happy in in his in PCA at the moment, and yeah. isn't really venturing over to two bros at the moment. So, for me to be going for these pro shows, 
I think it is beneficial in some way for me to to, to have someone that knows the competition yeah. and, and yeah. what standard I need to be at. Yeah. Um, because the standard is so so high that I don't. I, it's nice to have him say, "Look, realistically, you're not there yet," which is mm. good. So, yeah, in reality, I wish I could give you like a massive story, <laughs> of like, but it's just dead easy. Like, well, there you go. I, mean, I still uh, talk to Matt anyway, so. It's fine that we we could still use the clickbait title on this. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting one because for myself personally, I've always I, I've sort of by accident when I started bodybuilding. Obviously, I did what most people do, which is a bro split. Yeah. Um, and when I say bro split, a bro split, not like a pro split, not not one of the bro split bro splits that a pro would use, and it's like you know fantastic See, that's the thing when i did a bro split with matt it actually worked really well yeah so. yeah yeah it's yeah. it's it's a level of a, like application within yeah, within yeah. That programming is completely different like instead of just using arnold schwarzenegger's like six week shred program or something, <laughs> and it's like yeah. encyclopedia yeah um like do, but then i eventually obviously transitioned onto ppl um yeah and the high volume low intensity um high Low intensity. I think yours volume. is like a yeah, like a similar mm. style in or the way you you train. Quite like, popular, yeah. Do you do like a just basic, uh, a heavy set, a loading set? Yeah. So set, I've then. I've changed it up a bit slightly um, from last year. So last year in prep, I did entirely top set back off, with, yeah. and then with a few sort of. Uh, set amplifiers if you like like so yeah, yeah. muscle rounds or um that's similar to what i've got at the moment yeah um which makes sense i think and but now i've sort of started to take a few more things from other sort of styles which is like obviously relevant to what you were saying and like so now i've got a metabolic day i guess you could say um, yeah, yeah. It's entirely like entirely pump focus, and it's for extremities. Um, but you know what? In in reality, even if it, even if like that isn't the best, they're good fun, eh? And oh, they're yeah, really absolutely. good. <laughs> I think like psychologically, because um, like people people like to focus on recovery and recovery in terms of like your body's response. Yeah, but I think also it's a mental response, and I think that's yeah, sometimes something that people miss. And so, for me, obviously, I do currently I do legs, push, pull, rest, legs, yeah. excess. I call it an accessory day, but it's a metabolic yeah, day. Yeah. Uh, rest, repeat. Um, if I was just doing legs, push, pull, upper, lower, for example, I don't think it would be the same. I don't think I'd have yeah. the same mental response and like sort of mental ability to go forward and enjoy the variety that i have in training yeah, yeah, yeah. um because i obviously like the goal for us is to one get stronger and most of all grow new tissue um, yeah. so uh, but it doesn't make sense in my mind for me to just focus on one aspect of that to develop that yeah 100 so i i i i kind of see where you're coming from in regards to learning those new styles and actually applying that. Uh, like for me at the moment my split is very much um been tailored massively to me more so than probably any split that i've had um so I'm, at the moment i'm doing um push pull rest delts and arms legs rest um and then two different rotations of that 
to mm. focus on different areas. Um, so it is similar, like some of the main lifts is, is in like a, a heavy set and a back off. Um, there is some in, intensity sets in there, muscle rounds, rest pauses, things like that. Um, but in terms of how this has been established over time, it's just that just assessing how I feel after different sessions, um, how ready I feel going into the next session, what my feedback is from my logbook in terms of how my body feels, how I feel when I'm performing in the gym, sort of numbers. Yes, it does. It does go come into account, but it's, it's not the main focus for me. Mm. Um, and just sort of after giving feedback, we've, we've developed this over time to put things in certain places and, it, and it's working really well. And actually it's, mm. it's a split that I've, I enjoy a lot um, because I'm somebody that for me to feel like I can go hundred percent, I do feel like I, I respond better just mentally, if anything, to, to slightly more frequent rest days um, because I dislike them mm. and it, it gets me ready to go again. So having just two days on and then a day off for me, um, it's been really, really good. And it's something completely new because I used to train like five, six days in a row. Yeah, been there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So now, obviously, having to be forced to make a rest day, when I do get back in the gym, I absolutely love it. And I'm so excited to go. Mm. It just, yeah. yeah. I, I find that because like, obviously, I don't think it really applies to us as much just because yeah. of how we are. But people talk about getting burned out um from training too much oh yeah you're all right i had a my mum was calling me i got you bless her she's fine she can wait um yeah like people talk about getting burnt out yeah to training and having having those rest days does in many ways i think like performance wise incredible like makes an incredible difference and also yeah, yeah in terms of you know so it's also been really good for business as well because on rest days like my productivity is crazy yeah. uh, and the amount that i get done is is, yeah. is silly so actually having them more frequently in terms of like business and i mean able to put more work on them days to, mm. to break up training days is good yeah gotcha do you um that's a good question actually do you have you obviously with your exponential increase in like clients and everything else and business, what has been your sort of strategy? Do you plan, do you plan your week out in advance? Uh, Do you have like a schedule? um, I've just made a new YouTube video on this actually. Um, Okay. Have you you seen the series? You should watch the series. You'd like it. There you go. That's that's the shameless plug. No, it is. Yeah, I suppose it is. But um, it's going well. I've been been documenting things. Um, So I put it one, I mean, yes, I have, very like set things to do on set days mm. um, like check-ins are very spread out what I'm going to do in terms of new sign-ups and things on specific days it's all very structured in, into where it's going to be but it's mainly like my routines and my morning routine and how I set up my day for them what's to come for the rest of the day mm. um, and that's what I often put down to a lot of the successes that I've had is is sort of how I approach each day and then how much I can then get out of it mm. So even though like I'm obviously working for myself now and, and really I can do what I want, mm. I still get up at, at just like quarter past five every day. Um, I do do some cardio to start the day, um, do some posing, eat for my first meal, go for a walk and listen to a podcast or an audio book or something. Mm. And then I come back and then I start with a bit of work um, early on in the day and I start to get through some stuff. And because I've been up and I've been so productive and I've started ticking boxes and I've I've written down what I want to do for the day and blah, 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 blah. And I've got at that so early, that kind of rush of productivity straight away seems to 
to lead me forward for the rest of the day and how much I get done. And then just doing that every day, because I'm so active and so productive, it's just made my business just climb. Yeah. Which wow. is, it, I, honestly, I cannot stress enough the importance of a morning routine for, yeah. for things like that. It, it's changed the game for me. Just even, just the little things of like, for me, I find, let's say, you know, just having a set time that I wake up every morning and I go out yeah. for 15, 20 minutes and just walk with like a podcast on or whatever, like that, that, that alone, just that little habit can completely transform. Sort of it's crazy. I think I used to think like the people that did this, like obviously you see a lot of successful business people do things like this. And like, yeah. obviously one thing I was speaking to my, about to, uh, to one of my clients actually, and I mentioned AJ because he's someone that's been kind of getting up at silly o'clock and being proactive straight away for years. Yeah. And when I was first getting into it, I kind of used to look and think, why does he bother? Like he can yeah. <laughs> get what he likes. AJ unlocked this years ago. He's been secretly understanding yeah, yes. the methods of productivity. Yeah. And that's why he is so successful, that's, why he was yeah. off the mark. Yeah. Because of how productive he is straight away. He gets out of bed. It's the level of it's the level of consistency. Routine. Yeah, the level of consistency yeah, it is. That goes with and, it. And that's something that I've applied now more than I ever have, mm. ever. My days are exactly the same in terms of what I get up and do, no matter how I feel, no matter you know what day it is or what the weather's like or what else going on around me. I get up at the same time, I get on the bike, I do some posing, I put a mm. podcast and I go for a walk. Mm. And it just seems to work. Yeah. So that, that's something for all the viewers. Get your get your morning sorted. No lions. Yeah, be no. productive. Yeah. You know, set yourself some structure, be routine, be consistent with your morning routines and schedules, and you'll see what happens with your day. Coming back around to training as well, that that massively applies to you know, your yeah. performance in the gym. Um, yeah. I, I had a client who had a habit of waking up. Obviously, we're in the lockdown, so, you know, it happens sometimes to some Silly people. o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, where you wake up in the middle of the afternoon because, you know, the sun that's only out for a few hours a day, so you don't sort of, like, keep track of time. And um, as a result, she couldn't get her food in sometimes because she was yeah. just... She, you know what, she, it's massive... Like for me, I, I train. So Manny's my training partner. Um, she, to be fair, she's like the perfect training partner now because she's, she's learned how I train through training with me so much. So she knows yeah. when to jump in, when to give me a boost, when to, you know, team me up. It works well. But we train about nine o'clock in the morning after the school run. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to have two meals in before I train and a load of fluid. Yeah. And I noticed the, the difference in my performance when I've had a couple of meals and I've got a load of fluid in me. So getting up at half five, although it might sound silly, it allows me to, to do some cardio, which then gets me hungry, gets me ready to eat that first meal. Yeah, I have my first meal. I've already had like a hydration formula and all that in the morning first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then I can get down another litre and a half of water, water as I'm out walking, listening to a podcast. I've then woken up a lot just naturally. You know, I haven't had to use loads of stimulants or caffeine to wake myself up to feel good. Um, and then I can come back. And because I've been for a walk after my first meal, digested nicely, you know, I wait another hour and I'm ready to eat again. Yeah. I can eat another meal that sits nice. And then by the time I've got to the gym and warmed up, I've had two big, good meals in me. I'm well hydrated. I've woken up nicely. I don't need a pre-workout or any form of stimulant. Yeah. And, I, and my productivity and the way I perform in the gym flies. And then it comes to sort of 11 o'clock, 
I've come home, I've finished my training, I've done most of my steps, I can crack on with my day in terms of check-ins. It's only not even midday. Yeah. So that's, so that's, that's how I, yeah. I established it to, to sort of benefit me through um, training as well as, as business. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's a, another big thing. Uh, like, obviously, I had my example and also like in terms of like your example and your whole situation at the minute in terms of how you plan your day, your level of productivity, the way you sort of um, prioritize certain things at certain times to get things done um, and get the day running smoothly. That, that, that is something that I think more people should apply. Whether or not they can apply it, that is another question. Um, you got to ask yourself how, how important it is, I suppose. It comes down to your why. Yeah, I think it does. I think it does as well. Um, I think that's another thing when I mentioned like coming fourth was a good thing. Yeah. I don't think I'd have done this if I'd have won the show. Mm. I think this is this is me chasing as well. You know, I'm waking up every morning, although it's, it's that typical stereotype like of how bad you want it. But <laughs> I wake up, you know, I wake up with that in my mind thinking yeah. this is another day to get a step closer. And it is true. I do actually think that which sounds silly, but yeah. You know, it's oh, well, I, th- I think 100%. And like talking about talking with you about the things that you can improve on, which you know you can improve on for next time. And, yeah. you know, with judges' feedback and in terms of like how, you know, you and Kubo sort of responded to the situations you had in prep and stuff like that, there, there's so much more there. And you, you, you 100% know that. Like there's, there's a lot yeah. more that you can do. And there's a lot more in the tank that can get you there. Um, yeah, so sure. it's, just, it's just pulling that out. Yeah. Sure. Um, one thing I did want to ask: um, Have you got any plans to move to Dubai anytime soon? Because that's something I see. Moving to Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the reason being. Obviously, there's like me and my friends were talking about this the other day. There's been sort of this weird sort of Dubai Gate thing going on with fitness, where everyone has gone to Dubai. Everyone for some reason. Uh, I mean, if nah it's not for me yeah um we mm. i i've been doing similar to like the first lockdown i've got it set up in the garage yeah. that's where i've been training it's yeah. worked all right I, I don't i don't feel the need to jump on the bandwagon there mm. i am obviously like i can see from a perspective of well in terms of you know let's say i'll use aj as a good example in terms of him creating content and his style of content, for him, I think it makes sense. It does. I think for a lot of that, it's just not feasible for me. Like obviously, yeah. Freya goes to school. Yeah. Can't really, you can't really take her out of school to exactly. go to Dubai for me exactly. to train. I'm not a pro. Yeah. I'm just yeah. So yeah, I uh, one of my friends did actually ask me right before the start of this lockdown. He's like, I found an apartment in Dubai. The two people. Mate, it's not that expensive. It's not think. surprisingly it's not. That um, you think if it was this many people would be doing it? That's it, yeah. That's the thing. What I think one of the places he was looking at was it was like a hundred pounds a week per person. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's like that's nothing. But nah. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back in the gym, don't get me wrong. Chaining yeah, in the garage has sucked ass. Yeah. I'm beaten up, but it's um I I don't need to I couldn't it's just not feasible for me. Just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, so in terms of you going forwards with Cuba, yeah. obviously you've got the off season. Yeah. You said that you were going to compete next year. Yeah, we are. Same show. We've got dates. 
Um, so 5th of September will be a two-bro show. That'll be the first one on our books, um, the first one that we've spoken about. Uh, and then um, failing that, mm. obviously what happens in that will determine the rest of the season, but it's going to be whatever shows come up in whatever country yeah. after that, and I'll just fly out there and do them. Wow, okay. Um, the shows in in other countries actually seem to be really good mm. from what I've seen, um, and it's something that I wouldn't mind giving a go. So, yeah, um, I think I think yeah. there's been like a big sort of draw to international shows, especially with COVID. Experience, I think. Yeah. I think it would be nice to, to see how I, I, I get on. I mean, there's quite a lot of guys that flew over for for this show, the yeah. two bros one that I just did. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see what happens. Yeah, I was saying to one of my friends the other day, I'd, I'd love at some point in my life, even if I'm not competing, I'd love to go and watch like Alicante or yeah, um, like a big European show in Italy or so something. I'd, like, like, to, I'd like, like to try. And I know that like um, a lot of Cuba's guys and athletes, they do go out and do these out. shows. So it'd be nice to jump in with that. A lot yeah. of them that I chat to and stuff. Yeah. And I think and that involved. might be in terms of like co- his ability to coach, uh, you know, Cuba and his craft. He, Obviously, he had the whole series where he was in Spain, for example. Yeah. Where he was obviously prepped for that show, and he had a bunch of clients for that show. So I think you're yeah, absolutely in good hands in terms of flying out. Doing Mate, like, yeah, Cuba's Cuba's actual attention to detail on show day and the way that he looks looks after you leading mm. up to it is is ridiculous. Yeah, like. Yeah. R- ridiculous yeah. honestly I was obviously it's the first show we've done together so I didn't really have any expectations but he's definitely set yeah. the standard for me it's like something that I'd aspire to want to be like for my clients mm-hmm. yeah that's something that I know like I, I've noticed as well is like sometimes people coaches I'm not gonna like point fingers or anything but yeah. sometimes you get coaches who over the course of a prep and especially when you get to show day their, their level of attention to detail does sort of drop off. Yeah, of course. And they drop the ball a bit. Um, no, yeah. he seemed to improve. Like, for example, yeah. like, Which I'd I be stressed like, about yeah. how I look, you know, I'd want him to see me, and he'd just be like, come around to my house. Mm. Or like, it, it, or just ring me. Like, oh, yeah. at any time. Or if I, if, if he'd messaged me something, I'd not replied within an hour. He'd be ringing me like, are you okay? Yeah. Why are you replying to me? Like, chill out, mate. I'm just out. <laughs> Yeah, like he's, he is, and he does. He, he genuinely does give a shit, which is nice. So it, yeah. it was, it was good. In terms of um, clients that you have who are going to compete, do you have anything lined up in terms of show dates and stuff where you're going to be attending and you're going to be? To be honest, mate, I think I'm going to be a lot. As it stands, probably a lot next year. I'll be yeah. at a couple of the um, the natural shows. I've got a couple of natty okay. guys. Um, EMBF, UK, BFBA, okay, um, potentially BMBF. Um, but it depends what shows they want to do. Um, got quite a lot in PCA. Mm. Um, so I think just throughout the season, I'm going to be spread out just just, just there, gotcha. seeing how they're doing. And I'm going to try my best, obviously, depending on my situation with, with my prep, to get to as many as I can. Yeah. Mm. Also, another question that I know someone, this is always like someone keeps asking me this because... Go on. We haven't had a podcast in a while. Um, yeah. Is when you next invite someone on, ask them if they're going to get the vaccine. <laughs> Are you going to have the vaccine uh, or not? To be honest, I haven't even looked into it much. Um, yeah. 
I'd love to be able to tell you what it's all about, but I try and stay away from the news because it just pisses yeah, me off. You're depressing. <laughs> I'm so bored of it now, mate. It's been yeah. going on since March that, like, the old arguments that go... The only time I paid attention to it was when gyms shut. And apart from that, I try and stay as, as far away from it yeah. as I can because I don't need that external negativity and stress. Yeah. I just try and block it out. So my head's that word. I just... I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. Uh, that's something that, like, as a whole other topic... With- yeah, I'd need like, someone with more information on that to uh, yeah to explain to it and not just it be horror stories like it is on mainstream. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that I've because sort of, the problem that you've got with all these stories yeah. now, right, is that they're all just one person saying one thing and one person saying yeah. another. Where where's the line where you draw truth and false? Like, how yeah. do you understand what's real yeah. and what is not? Yeah. Because it's all just this person saying this and this person saying this. Yeah. It comes down to just who you believe's opinion mm-hmm. is the best, yeah. which is daft. Whatever. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny because like in in my position, obviously I'm I'm still studying at university. I'm in my final year, um, and looking at like obviously this is a whole crisis based on health. So yeah. as an academic looking at it, um, it's really interesting to see like and, and compare currently the reality and like the actual hard facts that are there versus the opinions of everyone else. Because a lot of the time they're completely different for no reason. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. that is just like, just don't pay and attention to it. There's been that much of a stir about it all now is that people's opinions are not going to be yeah. like made upon a calm head either yeah yeah very true so, yeah it's whether or not you can be objective and look at yeah. it from the outside yeah um how long have you got mate should we carry on a bit longer or do you want to yeah yeah we've got some time okay right. i don't want to i don't want to intrude on your next meal you're fine um, it's yeah. not going to be till for like another like half an hour or so so what are your plans for christmas when lockdown lifts um so first off uh, we're resting for the next couple of days because I'm beaten up from, from training in, in the garage. Um, so we're going to rest. Um, got a physio session tomorrow initially to get fixed up and then we're going to hit the gym. It's going to be sort of a real big solid run um, through until Christmas. Um, I'll still train over Christmas, but in terms of food-wise, I like to enjoy myself a little bit with the family. Um, so I do the same thing to my clients. Like, look, take some time off, you know, if you don't, then that's up to you, but I'd recommend it for everybody. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I'll probably take like three days off Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and just yeah. eat what I fancy with the family. Um, probably not train for them three days either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just get back to it after that. Yeah, um, it's that's an important thing that a lot of people don't do, surprisingly, which is, you know, take time off. The thing is... <laughs> I'm in an off season. I'm not in a prep right now. The show is not next week. So, yeah. you know, I'm probably going to see a lot of benefits just from taking a bit of downtime in terms of yeah. like mental stability and staying focused, you yeah. know, it, it'd be nice to just switch off for, yeah. for a little bit. Um, we'll probably you know, get a bit the a bit. diet fatigue as well. I imagine over Christmas. Yeah. And also, I don't know if anybody knows or anyone's similar, but you're the same. But mm. when you don't follow a strict meal plan, you usually end up under eating anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not someone that's naturally a big eater. Yeah. I haven't got the ability yeah. to eat a lot. At you once. go from uh, five, six meals to three. Yeah. Very and quickly. in reality, can you match what you would match in terms of calories 
you know. Yeah. Then meals, you could, but you'd have to be pushing. And for me, I don't eat till I'm uncomfortable. I eat till I'm satisfied. I'm, you know, I don't have a massive stomach. So, you know, me me and Maddie, we go out for an off-plan meal and we share a main. That's how bad I am. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Yeah, I can't eat loads. Yeah. That's fair enough. I think that also that's a that's an interesting point actually. I think that reflects as well in sort of the way people actually are physically in the off season yeah. <laughs> as well. It's like your ability to actually just like put the fork down at some point. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, mean, I think I eat my meals, but like when it comes to like an off plan meal and things, like I'm not I'm not like the best. <laughs> if yeah. I was told to like eat loads i just, I just can't mate yeah. it's funny like, when, like people want me to do um, a ten thousand calorie or some oh, form of calorie it. challenge for, for, for the youtube it was like mm. my most recommended video always yeah so i said i'd do it you know boost the channel a little bit whatever so i thought do you know what we'll do it so i've got my cameraman he's up for it he wants to film it but i'm panicking here mate because you know <laughs> I, I'm not made for eating challenges. Anyone that knows me will know this. Like, it's not going to be good. Yeah. It's not going to be a good watch, but I'll try it. What I've picked up from watching them, I've never actually done one. I've got a few friends who've done it. What yeah. I've picked up is um, definitely train. You definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. train. I think, I think moving is key. Yeah, and just stay moving. Don't lay down because I'll just yeah. fall asleep. That's it, yeah. Um, that and... Don't just slam sugar. I'll, all right, I'll, I will. I'll, I will do it then. I'll go through with it, and I will do it in the next couple of weeks, and I'll put it. it up for everyone. Just do to it. See I'll, what I I'll, get. I'll. We'll repost it on our pages. I'll, I want to. I'll give it a go. All right, I'll give it a go. I will try. Yeah, I know. I remember, like one of my mates did. Like, I think he he did. There's one stupid challenge, which is like nothing but Krispy Kremes for 24 hours. Nah, screw that. He's done that, and watching that video made me sick. I'd be sick. I'd be yeah. sick. Ugh. I think so. I'll do 10,000 yeah. because I can't, I'm not, I can't, just, any more than that, it's not going to happen right yeah. away. I'll try 10,000, and I will just mm. see what I can do. I'll, I'll... question is, are you going to, the day uh, the day before and the day after, are you going to drop calories so it bounces out? No. And just... <laughs> Yeah, there you go then. No, because the chances are that I'm not going to do this challenge anyway, so I'm not going to waste another two or two days or whatever. That's if my true. That's true. Yeah. I might end up under eating the day after anyway because yeah. I'm too full. So Just whatever. To hell, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, not going to be that bad. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I I've never actually done an eating challenge, and I don't want to do it. I'm I'm a foodie. I am unapologetically a foodie. Well, don't get me wrong; like I enjoy food, but it's just food in massive quantities. Like yeah. I'm somebody that like if I have like an off-pan meal, like I, I mm-hmm. prefer just to pick it little bits. Like I yeah, don't want to. Well, like yeah. when right before lockdown, me and a few of my mates went for food, um, and most of us are bodybuilders and four out of the five people at the table ordered steak. So a, a steak and like fries. And that was, that was the meal. So like, it's I not that bad there. Yeah, that's it. It's just like, it, there's levels to it. I'm not going to order a 16 inch Domino's pizza with all the sides. And cookies. Anyway. Oh, it kills me. It, uh, I can't. Yeah. Me and Manny have to share. Yeah. What is your go-to Domino's pizza? To be fair, mate, controversial. Okay. Uh, we're we're Papa John's. 
Oh, you're Papa John. We, we don't order Domino's. We order Papa John's. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a reason for this, right? Because you look at Domino's like that, like money, right? The, the deals and the amount you can get on Papa John's for so much less than Domino's yeah, is ridiculous. And it's not, it's pretty good if you know what yeah. to order. So, I mean, to be honest, if we're going to have like a, an off-plan meal, we'd prefer something like sushi or we would like oh. cook a steak, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not, we try think, not to go. We I don't go actually, stupid. I think if you ask most most bodybuilders, they'd all say steak, sushi, or pizza. <laughs> I don't think it varies yeah. much outside of that, to be honest. Well, Maddie's really good at cooking steak. So, like, I, yeah. I genuinely wouldn't mind nice. her cooking me a steak for, for yeah. an off pan meal. That's a good question. Which I'm allowed. Yeah. I think we, we spoke about it last time, but how um, how is. Maddie, with your prep this time round, and how think how how are those things all? Yeah, going? really good, uh, really yeah. really good. Um, do you know what? Like, I I'm, I do think that if I didn't have her around for for prep, it would just make the whole experience so much harder. Yeah, like yeah, it's not that she does loads for me. Like she doesn't. I like to cook my own meals. I'm very picky, so I make mm-hmm. it impossible for her to cook them, and it's not her fault. But just for just like the general pick me up throughout the day. Yeah. You know, like when you feel it's dead easy to feel sorry for yourself and feel low. Like she's just she knows when to intervene and knows when to bring me up. Yeah. And and it's such a good thing to to have just somebody that understands how you feel and knows how to get you out of it. It's a yeah. game changer. Yeah. I think I think that's something that I personally myself haven't experienced, but I, I have had experience around relationships around prep. Yeah. And a lot of it, like not having that communication and knowing what the boundaries are within that when you're in prep is... She's very, very understanding of knowing, like mm-hmm. she knows a difference in my preps, like when I need my own space mm-hmm. and when I need to be on my own and when I'm struggling or when I'm struggling and I'd like some help. Mm-hmm. Like she's really good at, at, at knowing the difference between them. So yeah, it, it, it does it does make things really 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 good for me um, and also because because she's just getting more and more and more into fitness like she's doing so so well mm. and she looks she's coming on like her improvements mm. are ridiculous um the more she's getting into it the more she's understanding it and enjoying that side of it as well so yeah. that also helps the fact that she's actually really really into it because she she enjoys it she enjoys watching the process so yeah. it's good would she ever consider competing because I know obviously um, um, the Toftons are a competing couple at this point. Um, do you know what? I'd, I'd like to see her give it a go maybe one day. I think that she'd probably yeah. do, she'd probably surprise herself. And I think that just for self achievement wise and for self confidence yeah, and things like that, it'd be really good. Being, yeah. Um, but at the moment, she is doing so well in what she's doing. I don't, mm. I wouldn't want her to break yeah. that cycle. Like her mindset at the moment with just self-improvement and just doing it for the love of it is so good. Mm. So you often worry if, if people do end up compete, does that make that better or worse? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do they get too obsessed and then end up becoming a, like I always say can compete and can be a bit of a curse. Yeah. Maddie's balance with things and, and how, how focused she is on what she's doing right now is so good. Would it potentially disrupt that do you know what i'm saying so yeah maybe one day who knows she doesn't even know um but at the moment as long as she keeps riding out and doing what she's doing she'll just improve yeah massive amounts as it is yeah 
again that like uh, this is something that i always sort of preach when especially if i'm on a solo podcast is yeah. uh the importance of you know like keeping a, a tight circle when yeah mate spot. honestly mine's only got tighter in in the last year or so and it, it does make things a lot easier um do you know what? If you'd asked me a question, I'd love to be able to drop her in it because she's listening in the other room. But I, I can't. I can't in that question. I only can only big her up. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. My our minds are very similar, and especially surprisingly over lockdown and in isolation, the circle for myself has become a bit tighter. Do you know what? I think it's it's made you realise. I don't know if you're yourself who your real friends are and who absolutely who's got time to you or who actually gives a shit. Absolutely, yeah. Because I've come out of this with with closer to people that I wasn't as close to, yeah, and not as close to people that. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. different. So, you know, it, it's been an eye opener, I think, for a lot of people. It's, it's always the case of, hey, look, like look at who you're talking to this year versus last year, and look where you are in relation to them and the re- and everything else. Yeah, I do. I do massively contribute the the, the fact that I am. I've done well and and, and my, the success that I've had, especially in business, I, I can't put that down to just me. It's the people around me installing belief into me and helping me do it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I've got I've got some good friends and mm. and obviously Maddie that, that, that does push me. So it yeah. isn't just it isn't me that's done it. It's, it's the people I've got around me. Which so, I think is also like the benefit of this podcast, for example. Like uh, yeah. one of the main reasons I wanted to start this podcast was entirely for that reason it's to speak yeah. to people who are you know at the like-minded. top of game yeah like-minded yeah. have have a certain ethos about them which yeah. i can be invested in and all the viewers can be invested in as well um and maintaining that yeah yeah 100 percent. definitely so i think should we call it quits there yeah you can do yeah Eight o'clock. It's the um, final meal of the day. Excellent. So, Good timing then. Um, yeah, all right. Man. Plug yourself, bud. All your coaching uh, and everything. YouTube. Do you know what? Like the thing is, I, I don't really feel like as if as if I need to so much. Um, okay. Do you do you put links and things in the in descriptions? We do can do that? if you want us to. Um, we will do. You'll be able to find me on Instagram. It'll be this will be tagged on on their feed anyway. Uh, yeah. But if anyone does want to does want to actually see, and this is for you as well, um, if you do want to see, I'm doing my best while I've got the time to document this whole process from coming mm. fourth last year to to how I'm doing things with Cuba this year, and I'm I'm documenting as much detail as I want. So I'm bringing one one video. I've, I've hired a videographer, like all the big names. Yeah. And. Um, and we're bringing out one video a week, Sunday at five, and we're just documenting everything we can. Awesome. So if anyone is genuinely interested and wants to see it, then yeah. feel free to head over to uh, it's, my channel. I think it's called Fitness with Lewis, but he I'll, I'll, I'll get uh, the link and I'll put in the description as well for everyone. Yeah, to, you know, it's um, doing all right. I've gained like, I think we've got two, about 250 subscribers, which for me, me is too. not bad on YouTube. I don't yeah. do YouTube, so that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is nice not just to show people what goes into this mm. um, and the ins and outs and inside information. I think it's going to be nice for me one day to look back on it. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons like a diary, why I isn't to it? do this. Like a, a lot of people, they don't know me for my personality. I'm not really a serious guy. I'm quite yeah. joking. I mess around a lot. It's good yeah. on a YouTube video to get that side of things out there. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been enjoying making these. So mm-hmm. if you want to check it out, the, there you go, guys. The link will be there. 
you can go and have a look if you want. I'll put in the description. I'll I'll definitely have a look and I'll, I'll... and we'll do and I will after this podcast because. I've said I have on here. I will do an eating video for you. I will do one. Yeah. On the YouTube, okay? I will do it for you. You heard it here first. I'm going to put up this as a separate video. I'm going to regret video, that. Just so I'm going to regret that. Just so it's out there. You can't go back on it. Okay. Everyone knows. Um, all right. Thanks, Lewis. Um, thanks, thanks for coming in. Uh, we are back, guys. Off the script is back for the month of December going forward. Um, We'll probably do another update video soon just to let you know context of what's going on and schedules and stuff going forward. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, and yeah, see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.